here we are in this moment of time with another episode of the Zest Wellness Podcast. On this episode of the podcast, our Zest Wellness team members, Mr. Donovan Ingram and Mr. Naval Miller, speak to our guests all about social connections and building relationships, this area of well-being. They talk about how this is implicated with coping, how this is implicated in the workplace and return to work. That said, always remember for our Zest Wellness podcast, we also have Zest Wellness webinars, a Zest Wellness blog, our Zest Wellness platform for helping to build healthy habits, and we hope all of this helps you and your families thrive. So here we are with the episode. Welcome to today's podcast. Um, my name is Donovan Ingram, and I'm joined by our assistant wellness coordinator, Mr. Naval Miller. Today, we have a very special guest, as you would have heard from the introduction, Miss Ali McFall. Ali, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to do this. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, uh, today's theme of the podcast is a focus on mental health, and we hope that our listeners do get a lot from the conversation from which we're building today. Now, Ali, in, in, the, in the theory of all together better, these days um, seem to be the most hardest days for a lot of persons. You know, it, it sometimes feels like every day is kind of merging into the next with, with nightfalls and then um, rise of the sun, but it always feels like the same day. For, for those of us struggling with this new normal, um, what are some tips to help recreate our life's agenda? It is hard to have this new normal. Um, I think we've all been waiting for it to just be over, but I don't think that's realistic. So I like the idea that we have to recreate this. So a lot of the things that I would suggest to people is please continue with a routine. Um, if you're, you know, if you're out of work or your kids were out of school now, I know they're heading back into school now, but routine is essential for us to know how we're doing and what we're doing. And it just kind of sets a structure for us. So that is a really, really big piece of the puzzle. Even if you um, are at home the whole time, your routine of getting up, eating, you know, cleaning, whatever it is you need to do, um, that is something that is essential for mental health. Yeah, that's interesting because I actually just had a conversation with one of my best friends and she has a son. He's turning eight now and uh, she she's she was giving him some worldly advice, I guess, as a young man. And he started he's starting um, school again. And she told him that in his efforts of making school and virtual school like that successful, um, it's recommended that when he gets up, he should create a routine, you know, brush his teeth, um, take a shower, get dressed. Uh, have some breakfast and then sit down and, and, and join the virtual class. So I think yeah. that's important, you know, and I, I, I think there are still some persons um, finding it difficult to create a routine because maybe their sleeping partner is off, 
Um, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe they have some um, uh, um, underlying depression or um, concerns, mental health concerns. Um, is, is this a normal thing? Is it normal to feel this way at this time? I would think so, yeah. I mean, we haven't really compared it with history because this is kind of new, but um, developing anxieties, some lower senses of of depression, maybe even just on a lower scale, feeling just a little out of sorts, um, going back to that routine, that is missing because normally we would get up, go to work, you know, get breakfast and leave, pack our lunches. And if that's missing, we we tend to kind of just hit the couch or just kind of do nothing. But it's so important to be able to say I'm doing something and, and achieving something. And even before COVID was here, when I would deal with someone dealing with depression or anxiety, I would always ensure that somehow we had developed some sort of routine for them, even if it is literally just getting out of bed, changing your clothes, um, anything small counts. And right now, the whole world needs a routine. I'm grateful that schools are getting back online, but you're right. Like with this, this young man going back to school, I would highly encourage him not to just roll out of bed and online, get up, have your breakfast, get dressed, like show up like you would for regular school. So it feels somewhat similar. Yeah. And, and Ali, what about those individuals whose um, work life haven't really changed? You know, they're still having to get up and go to work and put themselves out there as essential workers, whether or not it's a lockdown or not. You know, they still never change their, their routine. They're still having to get up, get dressed, go to work, and then come home and deal with family. Um, what, what words of advice can you give those individuals? I'm sure they're finding it hard kind of going out into the world that's kind of unknown right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I finding a lot of people whose jobs remain the same, which we are so grateful for those essential workers, um, but they are finding a bit of a burnout. They come home to the same family, the same thing every time, whereas before maybe you were going out, you know, to have dinner with your friends or soccer with the kids. And so the routine is getting a little dull for them as well. So I would encourage them to anyone to just find the the little joys you know maybe there's a pretty bird somewhere or a, a favorite song on the way to work but finding little joys in the midst of what is just so different and so basic in terms of I go to work I come home I go to work I come home we need to find those little bits of enjoyment in it yeah and I think now is you know this is the most silent the world has ever been in the world and, and, and in the history of the world existing, I meant. And mm-hmm. um, there was a saying once, I think Jim, Jim Carrey said it when he said, enjoy the silence because it will not last forever. You know, and a lot of us are not appreciating the silence. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's difficult for a lot of us. So this is a great opportunity for families and friends to kind of bond, uh, for persons to jot down things that they want to recreate or create for themselves uh, and uh, is is the silence something we should be aware of or do we kind of try to create noise for ourselves um both i think we definitely need an awareness of our silence and we also do try to get distracted from our own silence. A lot of a lot of people can't handle silence around them because that's the only time you're really with your own thoughts. And if you don't know how to handle your own thoughts in terms of anxiety or depression, then that silence is actually pretty scary. So that's why you might see someone super, super busy or play video games all the time or watch Netflix on nonstop because it's a distraction from your own thoughts. So what I'm finding, though, is that 
people who I, would, I was working with before who had struggled with anxiety and, and struggled with their own thoughts, given this opportunity to sit uh, at nauseum, if you will, with your own thoughts, because we're, there's not much left to do, they are actually learning how to do it. So I think COVID is presenting a wonderful opportunity to learn how to sit comfortably with your own stuff. And uh, that is that is so crucial because then you can be content and then you can go get busy and do something else, but not have to worry about what if I, what do I do when I don't have anything to account my time with? Yeah. Uh, I'm hopeful that after all this is done and said with, you know, like the, the talent would, would ooze into the world. You know, we'll have new recording artists, new um, um, book writers, we'll have new playwriters, you know, so much more things for us to enjoy after mm-hmm. lockdown for such a long period of time. But mm-hmm. uh, definitely right now, you know, virtual offerings are one of the biggest things right now. It's virtual fitness. There's a lot of podcasts that we're doing now, uh, webinars, a lot of things online, even social media, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Um, there seems to be the, the, um, the key for a lot of persons in terms of their coping. Um, do you think that um, this is the only way they should be, should, these are the only things they should be focused on? Uh, and um, are, are there any other resources people can lean on outside of virtual offerings? Um, it is one of the only ones we can really rely on at this point. So I don't want to say don't do it. But again, it can be very much a distraction. Like uh, anyone on their phone is, is if you look at their face when they're on the phone, they're not really enjoying themselves. If you could take a picture of yourself looking down, you don't look like you're intrigued. You look kind of bored. And for me, when you catch yourself doing that, it means time to get off. Um, but to stay in contact with those we love and that we care about in our community, we don't have much of a choice. Uh, we do have to use virtual, but I would say use um, use actual like face-to-face phone calls in terms like Zoom or Skype so you can see each other talking. Um, and I would also just use the phone. Uh, that that Then you can hear the tone and at least see their face. Um, just texting is never a good idea. <laughs> it's never a good idea. So texting is great for the little bit, but to try to really connect, you need to be able to see and hear the person if that's at all possible. The other thing I've found people are doing really well is these socially distance um, visiting. So you're sitting up lawn chairs in the backyard and you're apart from each other or you can meet in a park. Um, that is really, really fun. It takes you away from technology and it just creates a memory with you and that person. So I highly recommend those socially distance visiting as well. That's that's very interesting. You know, everyone is eager to get outside. And so those are really great recommendations. Yeah, I, I can't wait to get outside, too. <laughs> we all need some space. And, and, and that being said, just just stepping outside your door and breathing and seeing something the expanse of the sky versus the four walls and your ceiling. It is so helpful to find that space, to know that it's there's more than just the four walls around you. That is very key. So I try to have people go out every day, just even to step out under the front porch and breathe and observe a, observe a tree or observe you know a dog around, uh, anything just to, to renew or to get something new to look at. Yeah, these green spaces are definitely refreshing to Re- revitalize our minds and recharge our thoughts. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So Ali, hey, it's Naval here. So I wanted to jump in on this conversation because um, I had a I had a you know uh, interview with some parents and lecturers last night, and we were trying to figure out 
um, ways in which we could ease the mental stress on some of our kids as well. Um, prior to this podcast, I mean, you were just talking about this this mm-hmm. new era these kids are living in. I mean, summer breaks are you stuck at home now. You're not traveling. You're not able to go and chill with your friends anymore. So what suggestions you would give to parents and kids right now, how they could ease that that mental and that psychological, that negative psychological toll on them at this, at this moment? Well, going back into a routine, even though you're not leaving the house and you're still doing school online, again, I'm going to go back to that. Have a routine for your family. So maybe family night can be, you know, Thursday nights we play a board game or we all eat our favorite meal on Saturday. Like have that in place no matter what the week has looked like. And you can create new traditions. Mm -hmm. Now's the time to be creative and innovative and just see what your family can do. Um, We can do a lot more than just watch movies together. And I think it's really crucial. I think learning how to connect during these times where we're feeling really – I guess, low or bored right. or, or see the mundane learning how to connect. And, and that gives us a bit of an energy. Like when you, when you've talked with a friend, think about how that feels when you know that friend has actually listened to you and you've listened to the friend and it's just been a really good connection. There's a bit of a high on that. Well, you can get that in your family too. You just got to be right. able to do it. Right. No, I, I, I actually support you with that is because I've heard now a lot of families are discovering these new nuances that their kids or their spouses have. Like, I didn't know that you were able to do that. And I guess mm-hmm. with the time spent now being home on, you know, certain countries, lockdowns and those sorts, you're beginning to really know um, that person. And you're right. These board games and, and these um, family home games are a good way to connect and socially connect. Um, yeah. Even me and a couple of friends, we, we usually host Skype parties where everybody just have their Skype on is almost like you're having a chilled, fun moment. So you're right yeah. on that. Yeah, you can involve other people through social media or through um, like Skype or Zoom and bring them into your house that way and, and have company over and you guys can all have family dinners together. Like it, there's so many amazing creative things you can do. Um, I, I love when families get creative. I think it's it's beautiful. And that's the memories that your kids will remember. That's exactly. what they're going to bring forward. And, and, you know, there's been a lot of downsides to 2020 thus far, you know, so many celebrity deaths, uh, the breakout of COVID-19, and and the, the list of issues go on. But um, definitely, I think this year has forced mankind to be a lot more creative, businesses to be creative in terms of how business models work, um, mm-hmm. um, employees in terms of how they can be productive while at home, you know, um, parents in terms of getting their kids virtually connected uh, in so many ways. And um, it's de- definitely been a test of time, this 2020. And I think, and I'm hopeful that it makes us a, a bit more empowered as a race. But how do we accept these changing times without feeling like we have failed or that we're starting all over again? Mm, that's a, a lot of people are feeling that, like a failure. And when I challenged them on that, I'm like, what did you do to cause that? (laughs) They didn't do anything. COVID happened. You know, there's not much we can, there's not much we can do to control that. And so if your fail, if your feel of failure is based on something that's not true, then change it, uh, challenge it um, and, and say, you're right, I couldn't control COVID, but I can control how I innovate my new business or how I do work. And I can control how I respond to these changes. So the, the feel of fair, the, Sorry, the feeling of failure, I think, is common, but it's very easily challenged if you realize it actually doesn't hold any weight. 
at all. It's not, it's not possible that you made this happen. <laughs> COVID happened. Yeah, definitely. And you know, Bahama Strong has been a theme used by Bahamians um, following Hurricane Dorian. Um, what are some emotional triggers that help someone understand their strengths? And then also, how does one realize that they are not strong on their own and need help? Where does mm. this come from? That is good. Those, those two questions are awesome. So the first one where how does someone understand their own strengths? I think if you can take inventory and say, where am I feeling joy? Where am I able to feel confident or competent? Um, what am I doing or how am I doing it? That That is something that if you could you know, journal it or just look back, you'll be able to see where you feel like you're thriving the most. And that is a really important thing, particularly when things are changing. And that's where creativity comes from. Um, the other part is how do you realize if you're not strong enough on your own? Well, you're going to feel really anxious or really down. Um, you might give up. You might just wander aimlessly kind of thing in your head. And the, the way around that is to get get help, either talk to a professional or um, reach out and connect. And so if you're struggling with one thing, for example, a work issue, connect with someone else. Recognize that this is new for everybody and you don't do this on your own. Too many people are trying to fix this on their own. And that's usually not sustainable. And so if we can come together as a community or as a workplace or a family and do things a little differently, but together, that's when we're going to see strength. Yeah, you're so right about that. Yeah, we share the same sentiments as well, too, because we feel like as a united front, um, the world, the Bahamas, uh, we could overcome this. And, you know, the social connection um, is needed, right? So speaking to these parents last night one of the other uh, stuff with what, what a parent made made mention of is like you know these kids you know they have they have social gatherings right in the physical sense so they have parties but nonetheless they're still plugged into their phones so when you go to a social gathering they're still into their phones right so they're still zapped by social media so uh what i know we, we spoke about some games that your families can do and those sorts but what ways can we can we responsibly um, create this form of, you know, social connection um, uh, in a physical sense? Because I think that's still something that kids, they, they still would need in order for their social development. Oh, very much so. Um, like, like I go back to my other answer where if you could see someone, if, if you're not allowed to leave the house, you're not allowed to have social gatherings, really your only way is pretty much just through the internet, you know, so, but if you could see them and interact with them and you can like have craft time with your friends, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're eight years old, you're going to build stuff together, but like on your own at the same time, if you could see them, it's, it's a little bit more tactile and that feels physical. Um, but, you know, even just drive-bys and say hi just to see a real person. Right. I had a kid the other day say they had – they went – where did they have – they had to go to a doctor's appointment. And, um, <laughs> and they said, I saw a real person today. And, and, and I, it, it sounds hilarious, but it's so true. And I remember having the same reaction. after I, I traveled and I had to come back and do quarantine. And then my, my first few days out, I'm like, these are real people walking around. Like, I have to get used to this again. <laughs> So just enjoy people for what they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to get readjusted back to norm, normal, what was normal, getting used to it, like um, the whole idea of going to restaurants. You know, even this idea of having to take a mask with me, I'm, I'm never getting used to that. Sometimes mm -hmm. I get in the car, I get where I'm going, and then I realize I have no mask and I need to get all the way back home. So 
there's a lot of things that are adjusting in terms of our, our day-to-day. And um, one of the things that have adjusted uh, and, and, that's, and, and, and is a reality is a lot of persons have lost their jobs. You know, it's, and there's many, a lot of research that's showing that losing your job can have a negative psychological toll on an individual. Mm-hmm. And that leads to anxiety and depression. What tips would you suggest to someone who has experienced a, a recent job loss um, that can help them feel a little bit more optimistic and positive about today? Mm-hmm. So to feel a little bit more resilient when you lose your job, I mean, there's a lot of that going on right now. Um, typically, people lose their job, they're full of shame, they're full of anxiety about the future, maybe even depression. And so we, we don't want that because, first of all, remember that you're not the only one right now. Um, get as much help as you can in terms of social assistance and make sure your financial needs are, are the best taken care of that you can. But uh, on a mental aspect, I would I would say, you know, pretend you still work at this point. So you get up, get dressed, do your routine. Um, don't use your device nonstop all day. Just you know, read something, develop yourself personally. So maybe you're going to take a course online. Maybe you're doing job searches every two days to make sure and you're calling your, your potential employers. So you've got to take the new non-working as a work job. So my job is now to eventually find employment, but in the meantime, to continue to develop myself. So whether it's develop myself in the, in the business I was in before and, or in the job I was in before, so I have better qualifications for when it, everything reopens, or maybe it's to branch out and try something new, but never stop doing something. I think that is a really crucial piece because as soon as you stop, it just feels like really hard to get going again. I want to repeat what you just said. Never stop doing something. That's, that's that is definitely something someone needs to listen to. Everyone needs to kind of take in and absorb. You know, even for those working and those non-working, never stop doing something. Thank you. For yeah, that. And, and it's not a meaningless something. It's something that is an end goal in sight. So maybe I want to learn something, or I want to continue a connection with someone. That there's just something with a purpose, and and that. That is the key. Like when we lose our job, often we lose our purpose because we identify completely with our job. But you know what? You're more than an employee. You're more than a boss. You're more than, you know, your job tells you you are. You're a person. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're a mom, whatever. And um, that is really, really important to to just don't just don't stop. Just keep moving towards something. Thank you. Right. You keep going. Keep going. I love that, Ali. Um, so I just wanted to t- take it back. Um, so what question that Donovan asked about um, accepting the changes, right? So we have seen the struggle with individuals always, you know, they're saying, when are we going to get back to normal, right? Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's not an acceptance to the new normal. Like this is the way of life moving forward. And I think that, that's the main struggle. So what you would say to that individual who is still waiting patiently and, you know, it's building up anxiety right now just to, you know, just saying, when are we going to go back to the, the thing, the way things were prior to COVID-19? Um, like, what, 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 what suggestions would you give that person right now? Um, I would have to come alongside them gently and, and just remind them there's probably not going to be a back to normal. There's going to be a new normal. Um, this this extended period of shutdown and COVID has changed the world indefinitely, at least for the next 18, 20 months. You know? So we can't just expect to go back to normal. When we come out of this, things will have changed. So 
kindly tell them or nicely tell them, like, let's try to reshape what that normal looks like. Are you talking about seeing people? Then, yeah, you're going to see people at some point, maybe just not in as many groups or as many you know, as a large of a group. Or if you're talking about your job, you might get your job back. Um, maybe it'll just look different. And so accepting, I mean, some of it will come to terms of how do we accept that and and mourn for what we had. I mean, that's a big deal. I know survivors of Dorian, um, they're still mourning uh, the loss of their entire community. And even if everything gets rebuilt, they're never going to go back to the the normal, right? They're going to have to go back to a new normal. So we have to acknowledge that there's a grief process in this. And there's an acceptance, and that's going to take some time. But there's also an adaptation and resilience that we're going to build uh, moving into the new normal, whatever that might look like. Uh, uh, Naval, thank you for bringing it up. Ali, thank you for commenting on that. I, I want to share a personal experience as it relates to um, wanting that normality to come back. Because when, when COVID started here in the Bahamas, I was like, okay, I'm going to work from home. Two weeks max, I'll be back in the office, you know, <laughs> so meeting with clients and I just continue on, you know, this is just a little bump, a bump in the road. Not that. <laughs> start all over again. It's been, um, what, five months later and we're still at home. You know, we're still yeah. trying to be very creative in terms of um, um, creating a presence for wellness here in the Bahamas. And, and, and we're still forced to kind of work with these limitations. And, and that's so true. You know, we, we may never be back to normal. And I, I think... I finally come to grips with that, you know, uh, although I'm still hopeful for the new year and, and, and being able to celebrate a new year and then um, bring in a new opportunity for 2021. I think a lot of us need to stay grounded in terms of what's happening today and not be so focused on tomorrow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think everyone had the same attitude as you do. Okay, I'll just, you know, a couple couple weeks, month at most, and then we'll get back. Um, and we were treating it like a hurricane. You know, we, we have a couple days of inconvenience and maybe we're locked in and we just kind of goof around and then we'll come back out. Well, this was a devastating thing. It's more it's just it's such the, the lasting effect of this is is so much more than a, like a two day hurricane that just passes over and keeps you hunkered in. Um, this this has really changed. And so it's changed the, the whole scope of what life looks like uh, in terms of how we do things. And so. Some of us are still reeling that we can't just go back. It's really difficult. Um, but it's not that hopeless because I think out of this, we're going to see a lot of creativity and a lot of innovation from people and businesses. And we're going to be fine. It's just we don't know what that looks like yet. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yes, Ali, I, I agree with that. So I have um, I have a personal question. Uh, from me, um, it's something pertaining to me. Uh, I think that a lot of other individuals who can, re- can relate, uh, especially if they are still in the job force. So I've been hit with something called panic working, right? So it's a way where you just dive yourself into your work to try to block out mm-hmm. all the distractions, you know, turn on the TV. I mean, even if you go on ESPN, you're hearing something um, mm-hmm. COVID-19 related, right? So Basically, all of the fun stuff I used to do, like watch Sports Center uh, or watch a TV show, is like you can't get away from it, right? So I, you know, just bog myself down into work and just just work tires tirelessly. So what 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 recommendations would you give that individual that may be faced with the same issue that I have, um, and encouraging them to take you know take proper self care of themselves, like you know just to control what they can't control um, mm-hmm. and not flush themselves with other stuff. 
Yeah. So I would say there's probably a bit of anxiety in that or a bit of fear, which is anxiety. And just to recognize this, I'm in a scary time, but working myself you know, to the bone is not going to do it because no matter how hard we try to forget it or not look at it or distract ourselves, the reality is still here. So learning how to come to grips with it. Um, I would suggest sometimes when I'm talking to clients who have a hard time with that, um, take like five minutes and take it and set a timer so you don't get lost in thought. Take five minutes and journal, you know, what's what is it that's bothering me about this current time? And just put it out. It's kind of like an anxiety journal. Just throw it all down. Don't judge it. Don't don't try to find answers for it. Just kind of put it out there and acknowledge that that's in your head. And then you can move on and focus on something different. But if you continue to ignore it, it just gets worse and worse. And then eventually some people or most people will kind of lose it, you know, like that, that blow up kind of stage. Like I can't do this anymore. And then even their work will be affected. So acknowledging the presence of negative thoughts is very important. It doesn't mean you will fall for them a hundred percent. It doesn't mean you're going to strengthen them. Just acknowledging their presence and saying, yeah, this is rough is a really key aspect of mental health. Yeah. You know, there's a, a saying by John F. Kennedy once. He said, um, it's not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Mm-hmm. And I think at this moment, a lot of um, persons have this expectation that, or oh, the government has to, or I need this from um, this group of organizations, you know. But I think at this time, a lot of us need to kind of develop what we need to do for ourselves to help better our, our country. You, you've mentioned that this is a new normal. This is a new day. This is a um, changing times, you know, and uh, what we expected in the past before COVID-19 may never happen again. And so we have to kind of put ourselves out there, create some form of individuality. So the country as a whole kind of builds itself back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, I have one more question for you. And I, I just really want to know, should individual purpose be the primary focus for, for us as human beings with normal surrounding us? No, I don't. I think it's an important part of our who we are, and we have to know what our individual purpose is, but we also have to know how we fit into the machine, if you will. So how does that individual purpose fit into the community, into your family? I think that's it's crucial. You have to understand your purpose. You have to know where your passion and you know why you think you're here. All those wonderful questions, but then how does that benefit others and the community within you live? I think that is that's the only way you're going to live out your purpose. Your own purpose isn't just to make you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, then we're a whole bunch of selfish people walking around getting grumpy at other people. Mm-hmm. But if you could bring your purpose into connection with other people who maybe it's the same sort of purpose, but you bring a different skill than that person, then you guys together can make a bigger difference. And so it's not, no, I don't think it ends at personal purpose. It can't. Um, this world would be totally chaotic. But if it end in a betterment of our society or the organization in which we live or our family, then we are on the way. Thank you for that, Ali. And with that, that actually brings us to the end of this podcast recording, and I'm going to turn it over to Naval. Right. Thank you so much, Ali. Every time we have a podcast session with you, it's always exciting and it's <laughs> always enlightening for sure. Um, we want to thank the audience for listening today. And if you want to find exciting podcasts just like this one right here on regards to mental health, kindly visit our Zest Wellness blog at www.zestwellnesscgiblog.com. That's www.zestwellness.com. CGI blog.com. 
Thank you, everybody. Take care.